41 Strong. My name is Chuck Tate. Great to have you with us today. Happy New Year. 2018 is here. 41 Strong is a podcast where we deliver encouraging scriptures and stories to help you hold on and stand strong. In scripture, the number 40 represents a season of waiting, a season of trial. The number 41 represents a season of breakthrough, a new beginning, a second chance. So the slate has been cleared. We have a brand new opportunity, a year full of possibilities. We know that there will be challenges, there'll be good moments and bad moments, happy moments, sad moments, mountaintops and valleys, but we know that he is Emmanuel, God with us, so he will help see us through. We can look in the Old Testament, the very beginning, it rained and poured for 40 days and 40 nights, 41 came and the rain stopped. Moses committed murder, then hid in the wilderness for 40 years, 41 came and he received a second chance when he was commissioned by God to be the rescuer of Israel. Goliath challenged Israel 40 days, 41 came and David slew Goliath. So in 2018, when you face a giant that stands between you and your dream come true, don't throw in the towel, don't quit because 41 will come. Maybe you feel like you're in a, a rainstorm where you need a miracle and that life has rained down on you. The message of 41 will come is don't quit because eventually the rain's going to stop. The sun's going to come out. That is the message. So 41 strong, we're going to do our best to help you hold on and stand strong. And someone who has held on and stood strong for almost 70 years is my mom. Welcome to the studio, mom. Well, thank, thank you for coming on 41 Strong. Well, thank you for calling me last night and shocking me about coming on today. <laughs> it was after <laughs> 9 o'clock. <laughs> oh, well, you know, when you're trying to fill the schedule and then you have last minute complications, you know, I just thought that last night it would be, um, you know what, it'd be cool to, that, to have you on, especially because you're, you're almost 70. You know, in two real, weeks. Real, real, real soon, you're almost 70. So um, 70, 70 years is, is significant because, you know what, God's blessed you with, with long life. And, and there are some challenges that we might get to in, the, in this podcast, but I thought it would be cool just to, to have you on to, to share your story. Because without you, then I wouldn't be here, right? And without right. you, then nobody would be watching this, this podcast today. So, um, you know. Great to have you on. Thanks. It's good, great to be here. All right. Good. Well, listen, um, I'm going to go ahead and step out and just let you take over. And um... oh, No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. No, you know, um, back, back before Christmas in our Christmas series at church, I had an Advent tree on my pulpit, mm -hmm. and I hung different ornaments on this Advent tree to share my story, and we connected my story to the Christmas story. We connected the Christmas story to everyone else's story. So um, one of the stories that I shared it, um, was how your parents, my grandma and grandpa, who are now with Jesus, um, how they met and how Papa Eric came over on a boat from Sweden. You're a whole Swede. So we got a, a whole speed on the show today. I'm a half Swede. But um, one of the things that I shared is God uses your good moments 
and he uses your, your bad moments. He uses the good times and the bad times. And we know that we can look back over our life and we could see some, some times that were, man, super challenging. And we would have liked to have maybe a different outcomes. But we know that what the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good. We know that our steps are ordered of God. And we know that when we look back, we can see how... If we remove some of those bad moments, then perhaps we wouldn't have some future moments, you know. And I, I tried to tell the story. Um, I shared the story of Pop Eric coming over on the boat and how he left his first wife, and you know that not necessarily a good thing. We won't get into all all that happened there, but eventually he met your mom, and that's how you came about. So without that, then we we wouldn't be here. But why don't you, at the very beginning, just share a little bit of of his story and how you ended up on planet Earth. Well, like you said, my dad came over on a boat, and that was in 1925. Um, and then um, he... Hey, you're old. I, but I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. And um, now you're making me forget what I'm going to say. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so he came over. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so he came over on the boat. I have a picture of the boat. Like he a, came like over. Like a canoe? No, uh, it was... It was, it was <laughs> Similar to the Titanic, but not that big. Or okay, not. Okay. I have a picture of it. In fact, I got it from um, my niece's husband. Okay. Right. And anyway, he came over on the boat, and his first wife did not come with him. He had a little girl who was about a year old at that time, and he did not know at that time his wife was pregnant with his second child. Wow. So I have a half-sister and a half-brother. And... Um, but when he came over, then he, he, he came over to, to, to find work, and he, and he stayed with, um, he, uh, he got a rooming house with um, his um, aunt and uncle. And they come to find out later that they were my mother's grandparents. It's messed up, I know. <laughs> That's why I have six toes on my right foot, people. Uh, no, no, so let's back up just for, so for anyway. that's just joining us or just so we make sure that everybody heard that correctly. So, um, so Papa Eric, your dad, he came over here in the United States from Sweden Yes, on a boat, not a canoe, but a big boat like the like the Titanic. Not that big. He was married. Now, originally the plan was for him and his wife to come here, but she changed her mind. Right. He already had one, one child. Right. Yep. Your your brother? No, my sister. I mean, your sister, that's yeah. what I meant. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Help me out here. And um, we actually have Maury Povich coming in today to determine if you are really indeed his daughter. No kidding. So so anyway, um, he came over on the boat and left his wife and his daughter there. And you just shared that his wife was pregnant with your brother. Right. Your half-brother, which, but he didn't know it at the time. Right. And... Um, Unfortunately, his wife never decided to come over and join him in America like originally planned. So um, they ended up divorcing. But when he moved here, he moved in with his uncle. Yes. Yeah, and, and lived with his uncle. And eventually he would end up getting married to Edith, my grandma, your mom. And... Edith's grandfather was the uncle that your dad was staying with. That's right. <laughs> I, 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 well, I know, strange, but... <laughs> what? It's strange, so my dad is my dad and my cousin, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 
Um, looking at the genealogy of Jesus, the ancestry of Christ in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 16, we find out that Jesus came from a long line of dysfunction. Um, we're talking incest, prostitution, lying, deceit, all those things. But yet Jesus, he came from that. So I got to say, you know what, even though, um, yeah, so, so grandpa and grandma were, were related um, he was 12 years older than her, right? Oh, 11. 11 years older. I mean, and they was... didn't get married until he was here 10 years. So, yeah. So, it wasn't like he came over, lived with his uncle, met her, they got married. He was in, in the United States for 10 years, and then, yeah, they got married. And then I was born 11 years later. And then you were born 11 years later, so then your half-brother and half-sister are significantly older yes. than you. But I got to meet both of them. You got to meet both of them. And, and um, how cool was it for the first time that you flew over to Sweden to, to go... It was really cool. The first time I, I w went to England, okay, and I met my half sister, and it was so cool. And she asked me tell us tell me about our father, yeah. and so that was kind of kind of neat and kind of. Yeah. And I, you know, was sorry that she never, you know, didn't remember him and never got to meet him. And then when my brother um, really didn't want to meet me, that's what his daughter said. But then when he met me, he was very happy. And then he paid. That surprises then me. He paid I would have thought that after again. he met you, then he would have been like, you know what? I shouldn't have ever done this. And then he asked me to come back again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you are such a brat. <laughs> I've never been called a brat. I'm 41 strong. That is that is a first, but no. Okay, sorry, yeah. mom. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, but how, how cool? It was very, it was very cool, very special. I always knew about them because we corresponded. We wrote letters back and forth. Of course, I don't speak Swedish. My brother doesn't speak English. It's a good thing his daughter does. Yeah. But uh, my parents only spoke in Swedish when they didn't want me to know what they were talking about. Okay. So my Swedish is very small. I know more, I know more Spanish than Swedish. Okay. Yeah, I, I can... Imitate the Swedish chef from the Muppets. That's about it. Mm -hmm. That's about it. But um, now, when, um, you know, I didn't really, Papa Eric, your dad died when, you know, my grandpa died when he was just five years, when I was just, when he was five, when I was five years <laughs> yeah, old. Yeah, when you were five years old. <laughs> and um, so I only remember him from, you know, certain memories I have. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, pictures and, and, and stories. It's a fascinating story. But I, one, one thing that I remember was when your niece and her husband came over here to, mm. to visit you. And she's uh, only three years younger than I so, am. Yeah, your niece is only three years younger than you are. So when, when, um, when they came to visit, it was pretty, pretty awesome to meet them and hear the family story and, and family history. But one thing that, that I remember that I thought was, was, was funny, and this tells you a lot about culture, is um, one of the places that they wanted to visit was Walmart, right? So, oh, yeah. So we're all about Ikea here. I mean, we're all, man, driving to St. Louis to go to Ikea, driving to Chicago to go to Ikea. Um, you know, but Ikea to them is no big deal. Mm -hmm. But they had their camera, and they took off to go take pictures of, of Walmart. Mm -hmm. I, just, I just think that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. All right. And I, got, I got to go to Ikea in Stockholm. Yeah. That was my first oh, trip wow. to Ikea. Wow. So I love Ikea. I just don't like putting anything together that I purchased there. I'd rather have somebody else put it together for Ashton me. Ashton will do it for you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm the guy that on Christmas Eve several years ago got the kids a foosball, foosball table, um, stayed up all night putting it together, um, stood it up, and all the little dudes were upside down, so I had to take it all apart and do it again, and I just about um, lost my Christianity. Not really, but let's, tell, let's talk about Christianity. How did you... 
How did you come to Christ? I mean, now, was your dad a believer back then? Um, he, he got saved when I was about three. My mom um, was going to a little Baptist church. It wasn't real little, about 150 people, I think, in our neighborhood. Okay. And she got saved. And then I would, my dad wasn't saved then. His mother was a very good Christian. And she would write him letters and encourage him. So he got saved when I was about three, according to my mother. And then we lived about a block from the church, the Baptist church. And we went every time the doors were open. Um, Sunday school, you know, church, um, youth group, revivals. And our church had a two-week revival every spring and every fall. So the spring um, of April of 1956, when I was eight years old, um, that's when I got saved. Okay. I went, I went up, I responded to the um, invitation, and they had my mother pray with me, and she loved, was the one who led me to the Lord. Wow, that's awesome. April 15th, 1956. 1956, yeah. still remember it. I do. My mom wrote it in my little New Testament, uh, and she told me the angels in heaven were rejoicing. Uh, and now she's with them. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty... Yeah, they awesome, both right? are. So you grew up in Oakland. Yep. And then um, you met Dad in Bible College. Yes. And you guys got married pretty quickly. Yeah, about yeah, less than a year later. Less than a year later, after getting in trouble for holding hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we were all, we were already engaged though. So that you was were a very engaged. End. Yeah. But you got in trouble in Bible College for holding hands because of. It was during prayer. During prayer. So, yeah, that will send you right to hell. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so you guys got married, and then, then I came along. And um, a lot of people may not know that I have a younger brother. I have a younger sister. And, of course, sister attends um, church with us. And I'm 10 years older than her. And so um, who, who's your favorite out of the three kids? That's what, No, you don't have to answer that right now. Hmm. I already know. No, I'm kidding. So um, anyway, You're so all three favorite for different things. <laughs> so you have you have three kids. I'm your oldest, and then you have four awesome grandchildren. I have a daughter and a son, and then Sherry has two girls. So it's um, you were created to be a grandma. That's one thing I always said. And one one of the prayers that I prayed when we almost lost you several years ago was that I told God <laughs> that you know you waited so long to be a grandma, and you needed an opportunity to fulfill that and walk that out and enjoy being grandma and having sleepovers and making Swedish pancakes and, and all those things. So God answered our prayer and was blessed by that. But um, let me ask you this with, you know, three, three kids. Um, what was your, do you have, what was the most challenging thing about being a mom? And I, I mean, I know it was probably raising my brother and sister, not me, but that was probably <laughs> the hardest part, right? No. <laughs> okay. What was the most difficult, anything stand out? Just, I mean, you did a pretty good job. Well, so. just, just, you know, the stress. And I had so much going on. So people were busy back then, too. I, I was busy. We, were, we, we lived next door to the church we went to, and we had a sliding glass door, and I'd be sitting there in my morning having coffee, and people would just walk right in, you know. And, but I had a lot to do, and I think I was a little too busy. In fact, I wrote a poem once about, I'm sorry I was too busy for you. Oh. But you haven't seen it. It's in this book, but I'm not going to read that one. Okay, all right. Well, but well, you know, it's just being busy and raising kids. What? Yeah, being busy and raising the kids. You know, and okay. and then. But it wasn't hard. You guys were all really good. You know. You all know. right. Well, um, as far back as I can remember, I grew up 
surrounded by ministry. Mm-hmm. Dad pastored uh, multiple churches and went on multiple missionary trips to Mexico. Of course, 30. after not too long after you guys were married, you moved to, to Phoenix. I was born in Phoenix. So I lived there till I was almost 12 before moving back to central Illinois. Um, ministry is hard now that I've, I've pastored for 19 years, the same church. And there are Man, good, just like life, good seasons and, and bad seasons. And there have been some, some gut-wrenching moments. What is the most difficult moment you faced in ministry? Growing up, three small kids, dad was bivocational some of the time. And um, there were some, some, some great challenges. you want to share any? Yes, the challenges were when dad did evangelism. When you, um, when you were very little, when you were two, we moved to New Mexico. And um, we took a very small church out in the desert, four miles from the mountains, 10 miles from town. I had to drive 10 miles to do the laundry. But it was hard financially because the church was a very small church. Wow. And, there were, and so the, the financial stress was, was really a lot. But I can say, like David said in Psalm 37, 25, I was young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. And we almost got to that point, begging for bread. Um, we got down to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had fed you, um, should I go into this? Yeah. I, I, this, this, I had fed you um, a hamburger bun. Rocks and sand. No, almost a hamburger bun with cinnamon. And then the next day we had... Um, the only thing we had was noodles with ketchup. Mm. That might be why I like ketchup and noodles. Right, so. so it might be. So anyway, and then we didn't have any food left. Okay. And so anyway, um, Dad. And 10 minutes from, from doing laundry. I mean, 10 miles from do, being able to even do laundry. Yeah, and so anyway. Um, and our, but, our cat even brought in a dead rattlesnake. Yeah, okay. but anyway, let me go back to the story about how God provided for okay. us. Dad tells it a lot better. He's a better storyteller than I am. But we, and so dad preached at a church because he was doing evangelism and pastoring. But by then, I think he stopped pastoring, but we were still in Las Cruces, and he preached at a church. And so afterwards, we, I told you we'd, we'd get you a hamburger after church. So, um, but there was, and there were, it was a nice size church with a lot of people. Dad preached a good message after, the, after dad got done preaching. The pastor said, we'll come back any time. Dad was waiting for his love offering. We didn't get a love offering. We didn't get any money. And the pastor drove off in his um, nice new, brand new car and said, come anytime you want to. And so, so um, we couldn't get you a hamburger. Yeah. We had 37 cents in the bank, I think. Wow. And, so, um, and so you and I were crying. And Dad went home and prayed, and the Lord told him what to do. Should I tell him what to do? Sure. All right. Um, I don't recommend this unless you really hear from the Lord. <laughs> so the Lord told Dad the next day to go to um, Bob's Big Boy and get us all a meal and then go grocery shopping and get the food we needed because he, he had another meeting coming up. And so I was so... so, so he, and let me back up. So he wrote a check. He wrote a so check, he yeah. Just didn't have the money, 37 cents in a bank account promised me a hamburger, preached thinking he was going to get an offering and um, preached the message. And then the pastor did not give him his offering and just said, drove off in his nice car. We drove off in our, in our car with no food, no money. And I was crying. You were crying. Mm -hmm. So he went in to pray like he always does. And he felt like God was telling him, take the family to eat, write a check, go grocery shopping, write a check. I'm going to provide. 
And that's what you're saying. It's not a good idea to write a check like that unless you hear from God. Right. Like, I don't have, oh, write a check. Oh, I can write a check. But, oh, no, yeah. So, so what happened? Well, um, so we went to the restaurant, and then it said you needed two ID if you wrote a check. Well, we didn't have two ID. We still had our Arizona driver's license, and we didn't have a credit card at that time. But the lady just said, well, have a nice day. And she didn't ask for our ID. Then we went to the grocery store. And I started making out a list. And Dad said, no, don't make out a list. Just, just buy everything you want. Well, I spent $45. And that was a lot of money for groceries in 1972. Wow. And, but I was kind of nervous. And that, there was a big sign up there that said, too, if you write a check, you need two ID, a driver's license and yeah, a no credit idea. card. And so we didn't have that. But she you know, overlooked it, too. And Dad asked if he could write an extra $5 for gas. And she said yes. Yeah, and then what happened? How did how did you guys get the money to pay for all that? Because didn't didn't Dad go to jail? No, no, he, okay. no, he didn't. No, I had a I had a get out of jail free card left from my old Monopoly game. Okay, no, that's right. not it. But so, um, then yeah, somebody blessed out of the blue. Yeah. Then the next day, that was Saturday. The next day was Sunday, and we went to the church where he was going to preach at. I think on Wednesday night, and so um, one of the men from the church came up and and asked us if we wanted to go out to eat with him. And Dad said, no, we can't. We don't have any money. And he said, oh, well, no, it's my treat. And so he took us out to eat. And then that night, we went back for the evening service, and that guy had a twin brother, and his brother said to us, hey, they're having a hamburger fry at the church tonight. Do you guys want to come? And Dad said, no, I'm sorry, we don't have any money. He said, oh, no, I'll treat you. So we went to, to that, and then he gave Dad a note. And so Dad put the note in his pocket, and then he looked, and it was a check for a hundred dollars. Wow! So it covered it covered everything. Covered and we everything. got it in the bank by Monday the next day. And then Dad preached at that church, and he did get an offering. But it was just trusting God. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of scary. That was the scariest thing. So, so you wrote a you wrote a poem during those early days while living in Las Cruces and, mm. and struggling. God always provided. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He always came through. Mm. But why don't you go ahead and? And recite that poem. Okay, I don't see. Okay, it's, Yes, Lord, I'll serve you when my task is done. Yes, Lord, I'll serve you after I have a home. Yes, Lord, I'll serve you when the children are grown. Yes, Lord, I'll serve you when my own plans are, are gone. No, the Lord answered. Give me. No, the Lord answered. Serve me right now. Give me your youth, not what's left of tomorrow. Yes, Lord, I answered. I'll serve you right now. Um... Your task is my task. My home is best. Your children, my children, really your children, to us we were blessed. My plans, what plans? I have none of my own, only to serve Jesus before I'm called home. And I wrote that in March um, 1973, and you were two and a half. But that was just before we moved to Las Cruces when Dad quit his job okay. to move the there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But. Wow. So pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I, I missed the verse about me being your favorite kid. Well, you, you, <laughs> you I was the, the only kid then. You were the only yeah, kid know, then, know, so you I were know, the favorite okay. until your brother came. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> then you're uh, si- well, you have. You have served the Lord all your days. You've been a great example of faith and grateful for everything you've instilled into me and raising me to, to love Jesus, to serve God, raise me in ministry. I always joke that... Um, 
I had a drug problem when I was a kid. I was drugged to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. There were prayer meetings and Bible studies. There were um, revivals, and just I just grew up pretty much um, in church, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for that. And I always, I always challenge parents that, to make your kids go to church. Um, I say force them to go to church whether they want to or not, because by doing mm-hmm. that, you're giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to grab a hold of their heart. All it takes is one message, one relationship, one moment that God can grab a hold of them, you know, because once they're gone, once they're out of the house, they're out. So take this time now. It's never too late to start investing in your kids, to start praying over your kids, to, to write, write a poem and, and, and declare it. Um, you stood on the word. You were a, a rock in our family. You helped, you know, weather us through the storms and and what is a, 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 a is there a single passage or a scripture or any t- any verse that stands out more than any others that you have stood on almost 70 years yes i've got two of them and these i got these when i was in bible college and the first passage is 37 um, psalms 37 4 and 5 delight yourself also in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. And I did get all the desires of my heart. I got to be a wife. I got to be in the ministry. I got to be a mother. I got to be a grandma. I got to go to Sweden. I got to go to see my sister after she moved to England. And so my desires of my heart have been. The only thing I don't have, haven't had yet was I didn't get to go to Disneyland and ride Dumbo. But your, but your brother-in-law well, it's said, not too late. Well, your brother-in-law said he'll take me there someday as long as I can still walk. Well, he can still walk. <laughs> yeah. And then I have another passage, too. Okay, okay. And uh, this, this is one also from Bible College, um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And we've seen how the Lord has directed our paths. You know, some of the paths we, we went on were rough. But he's directed them and he's led us all the way. Yeah. And he's been there and provided for you. And, right. And um, here, we, here we are. Here yes. you are. Yeah. Almost 70 years old. Any, um, what, what is a prayer? Is there any prayer that you've prayed more than any other prayer as a mom or as a grandma or as a, just a father of Jesus, a wife? Uh, any, any prayer you've, you've prayed? Yeah, what prayer have you prayed more than any other prayer? Probably prayer for protection and safety and health for my family. Or health for your family. Yeah, and, and safety and protection, especially when, I'm, when you're out driving. <laughs> especially when I'm driving. <laughs> yes, this yes. podcast just went south. The angel yeah. said, the Lord encamps around about them that fears the Lord and delivers them. And I speak that over you every day. <laughs> yes. All <laughs> and, right. And your siblings, too. All right. Well, any, um, before, before I close in prayer here in a couple minutes, are, are there any, um, any life hacks that you have for people, any words of uh, wisdom from, from, from Mama that you would you have about life, ministry? I mean, obviously, we know ministry is tough. Life is hard. What, any final message that you would like to, to share? Um, trust God and let your children not just hear you but see how you live. And just be an example to your children and get up every morning and start out the morning with God and end the, the evening with God, speaking to him. I still work an hour a day, and I get up every morning at 5.30. And before I even well, I have my coffee, and then but before I even get on Facebook or anything, um, I, I read the word and pray. 
And I pray for my whole family, and that's an important thing. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There you have it. Yeah. Wow, that's a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Love you, Mom. Love you, too. All right, I'm going to let you close out the show. No, <laughs> no you're not. And I know my so, voice is kind of hoarse. I don't have any water. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee, and I didn't even give you a water. I apologize. So I'll forgive you. We'll have you back, and I'll give you water. Thanks. But, um, <laughs> You know what? Um, uh, you're 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 a miracle. Mm-hmm. You were sick for almost seven weeks in the hospital. Almost seven weeks. You coded two or three times. Um, the doctor talked to Dad and I and told us to call in the family once, and we did. Called all the family, and we laid hands on you and prayed for you and believed for a miracle. And like I said a little bit earlier, I prayed that God would give you more time to be a grandma. And um, oh, thank you. He did that. And, yes. Um, you know, and that was what five years ago, Mm-mm. seven years ago. No, nine, two thousand nine and September and October. Okay, All so right. it's like eight eight years ago. Eight years ago. All right. And eight so means you, new beginnings. And there you go. And see, and because I'm dad, and you guys really knew how to pray. That's I believe that's why I'm here. Amen. You stood in the gap. Yeah. Because I didn't even know I was dying. Yeah, and now here you are on this podcast encouraging others to train up a child to trust God no matter what. So as we close this out, I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, it's a brand new year. And make this a year that you'll run to the rescuer and lean in to Jesus. He's close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. My mom, my dad is living proof. I'm living proof that if you would trust him, God will. He'll provide for you. He'll take care of you. Everything might not happen the way you want to or even in your timeline, but bottom line is this, God's faithful. Amen. God is faithful. So I want to pray for for everyone that's watching and listening today. And um, let's do that right now, all right? Okay. All right, Father, I just thank you so much for for my mom, for my dad, my family. Thank you for my upbringing. And I just lift up those who maybe weren't as fortunate to, to have a godly upbringing. There are people that don't have a great relationship with their parents, with their mom. Some are having a strained relationship. Some lost their parents or one of their parents when they were kids. A lot of people watching grew up in a single-parent home. So many different challenges and different stories of those that are watching. But I thank you, God, that every story matters. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story matters to God. And I thank you, God, it's never too late for you to write a new chapter in our story. And I just pray that you will do that, that 2018 will be a year that we seek you with all of our heart, that we will trust you, just like my mom has trusted you for almost 70 years. I pray that we will be able to trust you because your word says, if we will trust you with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, we will acknowledge you in all of our ways that you would make our crooked path straight. You would direct our paths. You would lead us and guide us. So we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in us and through us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching 41 Strong. Mom, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Love you, you too. You got your water now that the show's over? Yes. My bad. No, you're not bad. You're a good boy. You've always been a good boy. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, I just want to commend you for not chewing gum for 30 minutes. I've got it in my purse, though. I've got it in your purse. My mom can chew gum like a boss, and um, but she didn't on the podcast, so you are thankful for that. I am, too. But anyway, uh, well, listen, thanks for, for watching. For our producer, Mike Sable, I'm Chuck Tate. We will see you next week on 41 Strong as I welcome my guest, Pastor Bob Beeman from Nashville, Tennessee. Don't miss it. Bye-bye. PeoriaLife.com.